Marketing, the casino for businesses trying to break through to the frontier of success. These are the voyages of entrepreneurs, dreamers, and really naive millennials on a mission to get ridiculously wealthy. To seek out new traffic to their stores, offices, and websites. This is Unbottleneck, the marketing podcast taking you to the farthest reaches of online and offline marketing. With the elite experts, professors, and that crazy guy with the weird haircut who has two gazillion Snapchat subscribers and wields his social media influence like a sword from Castle Grayskull dipped in CBD oil and lit with a blue flame ready to break through the tough bottlenecks of marketing. Welcome to Unbottleneck. Now here's your host, the nerd of nerds, Steve Wiedemann. Welcome to another edition of Unbottleneck, the podcast where we solve common digital marketing problems. And today we have a really amazing guest, um, Andrea Jones, and she's built an online business committed to empowering businesses and utilizing the power of social media in a positive and impactful way without being overwhelmed and drained by it. Today we're going to be talking about a lot of what you can do for social media for small businesses. I've got a ton of questions. Um, hopefully we're going to we're going to hit some fun and, and controversial topics. Um, also, Andrea has over um, seven years of experience in the game. Seven years is a lot for doing social media. Some networks didn't even exist seven years ago, like TikTok, which I can't wait to talk about. Um, she hosts the uh, acclaimed podcast, Savvy Social, the Savvy Social podcast. You have to check that out. Subscribe, pause the audio, go subscribe to Savvy Social podcast. She leads a team providing uh, done-for-you services inside of her marketing agency that has been named a top digital marketing agency here in 2021 and serves over 200 students in her savvy social school. And by the way, that's about how many students I have right now with my adjunct teaching at UC San Diego and Cal State Fullerton, Fullerton College. Um, so it's cool. We have that in common. We'll have to talk about teaching and what that experience is like as we as we get into it. Um, you were named one of the uh, Social Report's top marketers to follow and is the founder of the Savvy Social School and the podcast that we just mentioned. Um, here's one fun fun fact, too. Um, she met her husband on YouTube. Clearly, she's an expert at building authentic relationships online. All right, we got to start there. <laughs> Andrea, um, <laughs> tell me about that. You met your husband on YouTube? Yes. And you know, just like we were talking about before the show, I have been on the internet since 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was blogging, I started my YouTube channel in 2007. Um, this is back when all of your friends were like, that's weird. You're doing a weird thing, putting your life <laughs> when it, on the when internet, it took right? an hour to upload a video. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I naturally like the internet, but, um, so with YouTube, I was creating these almost like commentary style videos on my life. My husband was doing something similar, uh, before we were married, uh, comedy style videos, we collaborated on a video together, much like we're interviewing today. Mm -hmm. And then we just kept talking after that. Um, so this was 2013, so about a year before I started the business. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And YouTube, YouTube was such a weird thing, like you said. And then, and once once video started to come out, I mean, it was Daily Motion and Vimeo, and we were yeah. uploading videos all over the place. Um, that was like the thing as part of dig, uh, digital marketing. We used um, traffic geyser to distribute to multiple video sources in one blast. I don't even know if that thing's still around. Probably not because the only, <laughs> only networks that really matter, I think now are YouTube and maybe a little bit of Vimeo, right? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly YouTube. And then obviously newer platforms like TikTok that are kind of disrupting a little bit with the micro video content, yeah. which I know we'll talk Do about. Do you remember Vidler? Vidler was one of those those video networking sites too back in the day. I think it just got too yeah. spam saturated, but a long time ago. That was there, 2007 thing. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few. I remember making friends on one that was like video booth or something like oh, yeah, that. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, the old, old school. Wild West of digital marketing. <laughs> Any tool that can yeah. blast or distribute our content all over hell and back was like the thing to do. And then search engines started to say, you know, we don't need all that duplicate content and we're just going to omit it. Like, oh, well, none of those great pages and great links and great videos I have are going to get any love. There was a point, by the way, that Mark Robertson and I, I don't know if you know him from Real SEO back in the day, uh, we were looking at, at search results and when somebody would tick him off, he would actually uh, do a video syndication with across those different channels and own the entire first page of Google with video thumbnails for that person's name. And it was this funny thing. He's like, he's like, yeah, never mess with a digital marketer. And so back in the day when we could actually have, you know, more video thumbnails across different pages. And that was, that was something you can literally saturate the entire first page of Google with back in the day. So anyway. Yeah. Enough, enough war stories, right? Let me go to my first question. You've said that's I'm not quoting you or anything, but you said social media marketing is an unavoidable part of uh, owning an online business in 2021. And that's that's kind of a super basic thing. So let's let's start there. How do you define social media marketing and, and why is it unavoidable? And I think it goes down to or boils down to what marketing is in the first place, which is really showing up where your ideal clients and customers are hanging out yeah. and hanging out with them. You know, back in the day, early days, pre-internet, this was radio. Radio mm -hmm. shows came out. Uh, families would sit around the radio and listen to the radio as part of their evening entertainment. And there were advertisements that went along with that. Then same thing with television, same thing with how we listen to radio in our cars today. So it's a natural evolution of just marketing in general, in my opinion. But when it comes to social media marketing, there's an added comp component that's different from a radio or a billboard in the sense that it's a two-way conversation. Now we have dialogue. Right. Now we can actually have conversations. And so I actually think as business owners, this gives us such a unique opportunity, way different than advertising was back in the day. And a lot of it is way more accessible. Right. As a business owner, you could just for free start up a Facebook page or start up an Instagram account and you don't have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a spot, you know? That's true. And there's, there's such a difference between social media advertising and social media marketing. I think when we think about social media marketing, it's it's how do we how do we have a voice in discussions that are happening online right now? And that's advantage of hashtags and sites like you know Twitter and so forth. And um, and being in part being a part of those conversations that are happening, following the, the trending topics as they relate to you know our business. Um, if there's fun things that people and, and um, you know, so social platforms are doing, you know, having a voice in that, participating and, and being a part of it, not not to try to sell your product, but but to build more awareness that you're there, that you exist, that people know about you. And I, I love when I see posts from businesses that that are really, really visual and, and fun and interactive or um, don't feel like, you know, it's it's something where this business is trying to promote themselves. It feels like these guys are putting out some really fun, helpful, entertaining content that I relate to. And I'm going to follow and I'm going to subscribe to them. And in doing that, now now I'm part of an audience 
that that business can now advertise to using paid ads in social media um, that I know that I'm going to be interested in because I'm already interested in their their organic content. So I think I think it's it's um, great that social media exists for businesses to get out there and 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 have a voice and listen and respond and and create some really fun engaging campaigns. Uh, but I also think there's a there's a value benefit in building that audience so that you widen, you know, who sees your contents, you know, when you do share it. Um, and you can then pivot uh, toward the advertising piece by targeting specific individuals that you know already like your content instead of bidding broad in a, you know, in a marketplace where you don't know what you're going to get. You can focus in after you built your audience on people who are in your target audience. I love that about social media. I don't know. What do you think? I totally agree. And I think it's so interesting how people are essentially opting in to be advertised to, which is such an interesting concept because prior to the internet and digital marketing, maybe you got an ad because you were watching a, t a TV show, but you didn't choose to watch that ad. Whereas now, you know, there's a recent ad going around right now that I love from Google um, you know, showing what life would look like after the pandemic, what are people searching for, right? Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting that that is being shared around as a, as a concept, even though it's marketing something. And so that's what I love about social media as well. We're kind of shaking things up and allowing ourselves as business owners to be creative with the content that we're, we are putting out there, not necessarily of that, you know, end goal of, you know, how many people are going to sign up from this or buy this, but how can we actually have content that's memorable where people naturally want to share it and tell it to their friends? It's so fun. And hopefully subscribe and follow and be part of that conversation, right? Exactly. So I love that. You're right. I think you nailed it. Um, I also think about it too, when I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I was looking at some of the, the content that you have on your, your website and I love, I love your approach in terms of first figure out, you know, who you are and what your voice is and what you want to say don't worry as much. And I saw this in some of your testimonials. Don't don't worry as much about what you're going to post, but instead really take the time to, to figure out who you are and how you want to be known. And that that narrative creates, you know, at least the, the foundation of what types of content that you're going to be sharing, um, as opposed to a lot of a lot of businesses are like, oh, I have to do social. Yeah, we're doing Facebook right now. Well, what are you doing? What's your what's your strategy? What's your plan? What are your themes? You know, who are you trying to attract and define yourself, you know, off of, you know, what's, what's your game plan. And, you know, a lot of them don't, don't even understand what you're talking about when you, when you ask that follow-up question. So the, if you guys, if you haven't, if you haven't been Andrea's website yet, there's so much free content. It's all, you also had a free boot camp too, which sounds yeah. really interesting. I'm definitely going to check that out after we talk today, but um, do you want to, do you want to just talk about that for a second? Tell us about the, the, the boot camp and some of, of, you know, how you, you teach others um, you know, social media marketing. Yeah. So, so my approach to social media, I find is a little bit different because a lot of content creators and social media marketers out there are teaching things that are really geared towards content creators, essentially people who are YouTubers or they are Instagrammers, or that's their entire job is to kind of be an influencer on social media. But when it comes to business owners, yeah, the creator, uh, business owners, I find, are a little bit different in that we have so many other things going on that social media is just one piece. <laughs> we have a that. job to do. We don't want to be creators. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Right. There's only so uh, much time in the day. 
And so when we kind of subscribe to a lot of this um, content, it's well-intentioned, but it's tough for a business owner to keep up with, you know, multiple posts a day. And should I be on Facebook and Instagram and all of the things. And so my approach is really simplifying that and going really narrow into one specific platform, one avenue, finding what works for you and really tuning into that. Um, and so part of where the boot camp comes from is that there are a lot of people who are feeling overwhelmed. They're looking at Instagram, maybe it's been on their phone for a while and they're like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to be here. Maybe I just want to delete it and never look at it again, right? Um, or they open the app and there's, you know, Instagram Reels. And it's like, okay, so there's now another thing that I have to learn to keep up with. And so a lot of business owners I find are feeling that. What is this clubhouse? So this, oh my God, right? Yeah, like clubhouse all these things. too. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have mixed feelings about clubhouse. Like sidebar, do you like, yeah. are you liking I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I think, I think another network has sort of picked up on what people like out of Clubhouse. And I, I think those Android folks have already started to assimilate over there. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I struggled with liking it, but with um, this bootcamp that I created, it's really for those business owners who feel like they're being pulled in a million different directions. They want to be on Instagram and they want to focus on building a habit around using it as a marketing tool nice. instead of just logging in and not even understanding what they're supposed to be doing. So it's a five-day challenge really geared towards that. And it's all about habit building. Yes, we can get creative and we can like play around with the new features like Instagram Reels, but um, my approach to social media is really forming boundaries for yourself sure. that can last um, without having to be a content creator. Right. Do do these core things every day, build a habit and a repetition, and, and you'll you'll have satisfied the the basic things that you need to be able to do on social. And like you said, if you want to go crazy and do a fun creative campaign or something, great. But at least you know the core things that you should be doing. You're doing. I love that approach. It's so so simple. Yeah, it's great. I can't wait to check out the bootcamp for sure. Well, I have a ton of other questions. I keep going off on these tangents. I apologize. Um, next question that we had was business owners come to the table with a wide range of social media skills uh, and know-how. Where do you start with newbies uh, who have not really given a strong push to social media and their business and their brand? What platforms do you get them up and running with first? Yeah. So right now, as we're recording this, I would recommend Instagram. Okay. For a lot of business owners, it's a great place to start, not only because it's almost like six platforms in one. Yeah. So if you don't like one part of it, you could use a different part uh, without having to recreate your account or anything like that. But I also like Instagram for business owners because of the growth potential. Um, you know, three, four years ago, I would have said Facebook, hands down. Um, but now it's Instagram and it's because of the ability as a business owner to connect with your ideal client, which is really challenging if you were to start a Facebook page today without using any paid advertising. Um, so that's my go-to recommendation for the newbies is Instagram. And, and small, small bite-sized chunks in Instagram too. You're not creating these very long form content posts. You're not, you know, you're, you're not creating something that requires a lot of time or, or, uh, engagement effort on the part of the uh, of the viewer. They're just basically flipping through and and seeing little bite sized chunks of things. And if you capture their attention, um, you know it's it's a, a, a easy way to get them to subscribe and then eventually you know advertise to them or or remarket to them. You know after they've engaged with something that you've done organically. I love that. And Instagram's 
it's so simple too. It's not like Facebook where you've you've got 20 different things you could do from groups and communities and pages. It's just Instagram. And maybe you can go over to Reels and watch videos or whatever, but beyond that, there's not there's not a lot to think about in terms of what you want to be doing. I'd say one disadvantage of Instagram is is search seems really limited in terms of trying to find specific content. Sometimes in social media, I'm looking for certain things and I feel like Facebook, I can find those things a little bit easier. So I'm searching for something, I might end up going back over to Facebook. But if I'm just consuming content, just taking a tangent break, just want something to flip through to get my mind off something, Instagram is for sure the way to go. I love that tip. So for newbies, you know, check out Instagram. And I think you, if you decide to do some ads through Instagram, that happens still through the Facebook ad manager. And it's something that you could, I think Dennis Yu talks about this a lot, right? You know, you know Dennis, um, he has this thing where it's like a dollar a day. Just put a dollar a day into some ads and do some targeting. And, you know, maybe in a month or two, you, you up it to two or $3 as you start to see results come in. And eventually uh, you'll have ads dialed in, you'll understand it, know it, uh, be able to remarket to people. Uh, potential consumers, you'll be, be building audiences, you know, in a few years from now, your Facebook advertising uh, will be really dialed in and based a, a lot on what you've been able to you know, get from your organic efforts. I love that. Anything else for newbies, for new folks that are a little bit scared of, of jumping in? Instagram, I think is a great starting point too, but Yes. And you know what I love about Instagram as well is that you can really tap into your own preference. So as a business owner, a lot of us either like writing or we like speaking. So I'm on the latter. I like to speak my thoughts and my ideas. And so I tend to go towards podcasting and video and that sort of thing. And there's a space for that on Instagram. If you tend to be the type of person who you know doesn't want to be on camera or you much rather write out something, there's a space for that on Instagram too. And even in the, in the main Instagram feed, if you don't want to post photos of yourself, you can use a tool like um, canva.com to create a graphic. It still can be text-based and you can still post using your words um, written down instead of speaking them. So one of the things I do recommend for newbies is figuring out what your preference is. Do you rather write? Would you rather speak? And then if that is your preference, kind of build your strategy around that. Because if I told you today, you know, you got to do video every single day, but you hate being on video, you're probably going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to her and you're never going to do social media. Um, and so leaning into your preference as a new person, I think is such a powerful strategy. And then you can, you know, tweak it from there. You can improve your caption writing skills. You can test out some of the other features like Instagram reels. Um, but all of that right. is based on your preference. And that's really where it should start. I love it. And one thing that we've we've suggested too for businesses is start start curating. You know, if there's the content that you follow that you subscribe to that you think really adds value to your business, it probably adds value to people who follow you as well. So you could curate content and share from what other people are saying. Um, so that those people who do follow you say, Hey, this person shares really good content. You don't always have to come up with your own, even though, you know, I at least try to do something of your own every day. But when you can't or you don't have time, curate something that you think is helpful. It's easy. It's a quick share and done, right? <laughs> yep, yep. And, you know, I would, I would end on this thought, um, which is social media is a reflection of what's happening inside of your business. So if you ever get stuck on what to say, think about the things that are happening every day in your business. Did, did someone ask a question? Turn that into a social media post. Um, did you launch a new 
service or product, turn that into a social media post. Um, get an I think that also, review. <laughs> yeah, interesting uh-huh. reviews. Um, anything in the news too? I get a lot of questions about, especially in the past twelve months. People are like, you know, there's a lot happening in the news. Do I talk about it on social media? And if you don't talk about it in your business, you know, with your team or with your clients and customers, then no, I don't think you should talk about it or need to talk about it on social media. But if it's a part of your business, if it's a part of the conversation, then absolutely. And so just think about it as a mirror, like social media is reflecting whatever is happening currently in your business. And I think that can like cause a little bit of relief, you know? And there's also some good data that can come out of that too. If you, if you look into your own database of, of what's, working what your customers like or don't like if you if you sell uh, if you're apple and you sell iphones and you know that users like a certain feature don't like a certain feature or um if you know that 70 percent of of your buyers are female versus male and you have that kind of data to share people love that people love insights they love that did you know hey did you know that 70 percent of people who use iphones are it's a conversation starter and people love that kind of thing so if you've got anything in your own business you know, like the customer support questions that that was awesome. We use that a lot as well. Like, what are people asking about our product or service or industry? Uh, but if there's data that you have from what you know about your clients um, that doesn't get into any sort of privacy issues where you're just saying, hey, did you know most of our uh, clients have this attribute? Um, you know, that that's something people find interesting. So if you've got data, you know, share it, make it funny, make it silly, you know, use Fiverr and create a, a cartoon animation or something, you know, to, to create interesting content. I love that. It's such a great idea. Um, you did put emphasis on using social media correctly. Um, can you walk us down that path of incorrect use? What doesn't work? The time wasters and, you know, what really leads to social media burnout and how to make that shift toward, you know, seeing better results? Yes. I think burnout comes from comparison. Yeah where people feel like they need to keep up with, you know, their competitor or someone else they see on social media. And it goes back to that concept of social media being a reflection, being well, a mirror. I can't be Neil Patel. I don't want to do videos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then you try so hard and you spend so much time creating that Neil Patel style video. And so you're missing out on other opportunities because you spent, you sunk all of your time into that one thing that, you know, you're essentially trying to copy somebody. Sure. Um, so, so it's a, it's a marathon in that you're racing against your last best time versus racing against other people. Ooh, yes. I love that. That's exactly what it is. You're comparing yourself to yourself. You're not right. really comparing looking around at everything else. Yeah, and that's what makes social media fun, honestly, is that unique little twist that we all have. Every single business is different. Every single person is different. Mm-hmm. And if you just lean into that, I think that's you know where you'll see the most bang for your buck. But the other area where I see a lot of business owners um, kind of struggle with the burnout piece is they turn into content machines mm-hmm. where they feel like they have to post all of this content all the oh, time. Yeah. And so they feel like at the end of the month, man, I produce all this content and what do I have to show for it? And I think especially now there's a shift away from just content for content sake, you know, Mm -hmm. not creating a post just for the sake We've been saying that in the SEO world forever. Look, if you're not going to create the most amazing, best, high ranking page, don't waste your time, you know? Yeah, exactly. And And to piggyback off of that too, some of the best content does start off as something more foundational like a blog post or a YouTube video or some sort of content piece that is searchable. 
and lives in that format. And then you're just re-amplifying it on social media. So if you've got a super long post about, um, I don't know, the value of a, of a above ground pool, I'm just thinking sure. something else, <laughs> then maybe one social media post is about the pool liner. And it leads back to that super long blog post or one social media post is about above ground versus in ground pools. And then it leads back to that blog post. So you can use that foundational content on social media and really it reduces the amount of content that you have to create because again, social media is just a reflection of what's happening. So you don't actually have to create anything new for social media. Just have it kind of reflect some of the other things that you're doing in your business. I love that. You know, there's, there's two things too I think about when I, when I look at uh, what mistakes you know businesses have made with social, and I, I think that's part of it is just like you said, just just posting for the sake of posting, and people see that and they're just like, this is repetitive and it's boring and it's we already know this. Why are you sharing this? You know, um, I think that's a, that's a big mistake. I think another one is sometimes just hiring an agency that won't take the time to to really understand their brand instead of just taking the time to in house and and have somebody there who. Um, who can start chipping away at it and becoming that person who's the voice, you know, a lot like the uh, the Wendy's Twitter person back in the day. Remember, she was brutal, um, but at the same time, it was it was so fun and it was so engaging, and everybody knew it was just a fun thing. Um, something that I think is an alternative that businesses can think about is um, looking at what others are saying about their brand. We're doing that right now with um, with both our, our Applebee's and IHOP brands that we work with. Um, from an SEO standpoint, we're looking at the things that they're saying um, and questions that they have about the brand. Um, but Disneyland right now, one of the top searches is Disneyland moving to Texas. Well, there's nothing on the Disneyland website about moving to Texas, but thousands of people are searching for it. What a great content opportunity. Even if they're not moving to Texas, they could create a page and drive people to that page, um, solving the question of, is Disneyland moving to Texas? Um, with IHOP and Applebee's, they're asking questions about their product, recipes, um, you know, calorie information. They have all these things that they're asking about that aren't represented on the website. So it's like, well, let's get something represented on the website and let's create some, some, some sort of social content for that. Um, maybe just use our open graph um, data within our web page. So all we have to do is just share the web page itself and it'll automatically show the image and the text that we want to have in that post um, so that we can address questions people have about our brand and our business. Uh, I love that, uh, that approach. The other one is just looking at the front fun tools like answerthepublic.com, put in your brand name and your company name in that tool and see what questions people have, the what, why, how, where, who about your company and your business. That's People have an interest in those. At Jacuzzi, what was interesting was um, this person uh, would go around and he would he'd buy jacuzzis or go to one of the or hot tubs or go to one of the hot tub manufacturers. They'd bring one out and he would literally take it apart and look at all the different components and parts and pieces and talk about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing or the problems it had. And it got like thousands of views. And it's like, well, why not? Why not create some of that content ourselves? Take apart our own product and talk about the different components and why they're important and do those kind of kind of fun videos. Look at at what people are saying and and what's trending uh, that people really pay attention to in your industry around your type of product or service, and then emulate it, but specifically to your version of it. I think that's something you're right. Businesses just look inside at you know what what uh, relates to your business and what other people are saying about your product and service. I think that's such a great idea. Um, do you have any favorite glowing examples of brands that have just nailed it? I'll give you mine in a second, but what are your, what are your favorite, those that just nailed it in social media? 
Yes. And honestly, I'm seeing so many brands do well because of the attention placed on digital marketing and, and connecting online in the pandemic um, because of the kind of like global situation we're all in. But where I'm seeing my most favorite uh, examples is actually in my town where I live. I live in Fort Erie, in, near in Canada. And one of my the local businesses, uh, Trailside's a little bar here locally, is crushing it on social media because they are almost making fun of the situation in themselves by still bringing humor and interesting content and still talking about like their daily specials and deals and things like that. Um, so, you know, one of the things that they started doing because of the pandemic is basically selling beer to go, which, you know, most people wouldn't do generally speaking. So it's kind of making fun of this like beer to go idea on social media, but honestly it's working. People are sharing it, liking and commenting. And it's such a fun way to, be present, understand the local audience, and still promote your offer. I love it. Um, I don't have any really good small business examples, but my favorite social media campaigns, I loved what Aura Brush did back in the day. I know it's an older example, but you know when they, they got that film student for what, 300 bucks, and they got in front of a green screen at the at the college, um, you know, and, and enlisted, uh, folks that are, you know, trying to get their degree in film to do a video and they had fun with it and they got goofy uh, and it got over a million views. I thought that was really brilliant. And then they started to create a story around that and, and that story carried over into their campaign over the years. And, you know, one, one little brush, like tongue brush, you know, was, was being seen by millions of people. My other favorite was the old spice guy. And one of the things I liked about the old spice guy, you know, he'd send a towel and, you know, he'd be all at attention and, you know, I'm the old spice guy. And, um, people recognized him because of the commercials, of course. But what, what I liked about the campaign was that he antagonized other influencers. And in one, my favorite example is um, Alyssa Milano. Uh, he's holding roses and he's got a, a, a pen with a, a, a whole uh, feather on it. And he's like, Alyssa Milano, I'm writing you a love letter right now and blah, 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 blah. And, and he actually sent her flowers. So Alyssa Milano gets on her Tumblr account and she has the flowers in the background and she's in a towel and she's like old spice guy. Right. And she starts responding to him and he immediately got in front of her entire audience. And I thought that was genius because it wasn't just, I'm going to push out fun, interactive content, but I'm going to antagonize somebody who's uh, in the industry or in, in um, an audience that I want to be a part of. Uh, and for them, it's anyone because it's deodorant. Right. Um, but, um, but I'm going to be in front of a, an audience that, that I'd like to get a piece of. And so by, by doing that, it's, it's almost, it's almost a brilliant way to, to draw the attention of someone. And, and because he already had so many followers by not responding, you know, when she saw that she'd know, Hey, a lot of my followers follow this guy too. If I don't respond, I look stupid. So, um, I thought that was genius. So those are my two, the old spice guy. And then the aura brush, I think are my two favorite. And I don't think any small business, you know, can, can do something that that's at scale uh, as that. But I think the idea of, of doing something involving influencers um, and getting in front of those, those audiences, um, eventually something's gonna kick in. As long as you're, you're following the people that you feel are, are thought leaders and, and uh, influencers in your industry, you're engaging with them you know, on, on some of their posts over time. And then at some point you might tag them in a post and they say, you know what, this person's been following me and engaging with me as one of my top influencers for, or, or followers for the last six months. I'm going to do them a favor and they might decide to 
to share or to comment or do something that that really brings you out in front of their audience. I think that's something a small business could do, um, provided they know who those those influencers are in their specific industry. Uh, we know in for plumbers, right? It's going to be the the guy that does all the how-to plumbing stuff, right? So I think there's something that they can do there, you know, to start absorbing larger audiences uh, by you know by participating in those that relate to an influencer. I'm rambling. And I'm actually, oh, sorry. I, I want to add to that and um, bring up TikTok because I think yes. that TikTok is actually such an amazing collaboration opportunity for a lot of business owners because of the nature of the app. You know, I, I like cooking, so I follow a lot of like cooking videos and um, Gordon Ramsay, of course, yep. is, you know, on the app and he's My daughter's a culinary student, so she's she's there with you. <laughs> yeah, so she probably yeah. sees these videos where he's responding to people making things. And I think if you're an up and coming so chef, funny if you, yeah, if you can get him to respond to something, I mean, that's a massive opportunity. He's basically and roasting kind of you, right? As I recall. Yeah. 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 Some of the people he roasts, some of the people he starts off roasting, then he's like, oh, I think that's actually a good idea. Um, so it could go either way. <laughs> but either way, I think to have someone like that add commentary to what you're doing is such an interesting thing and because of the nature of the app where you are encouraged to like duet videos with folks or respond to videos in this way i think there's such a massive opportunity for people yep and i i can tell you my my kids are on that app uh, my youngest in particular she's constantly on TikTok, and to the point where we have to monitor it because it was at, at a point where um you know when uh, when school was out for spring break or whatever, we'd see what six hours you're on this thing for six. What are you doing? Six hours? How do you even, you know? But that's that's their their way to consume content. They don't watch movies like you know we do. They don't do a lot of the outdoor things right now because of pandemic. So they're they're on this TikTok act. Just and I I see. I know a lot of businesses are like I'm not going to do TikToks. That's for kids and teens. But then I see Will Smith on there. I freaking love Will Smith's content. He's so good. He's like pointing up at stuff and he's got things to say. He's, he's doing this. And then uh, what was it? John Travolta and his wife did this this yeah. dance thing. And I don't know. I, I think it's for everybody. I think if, if you find you find the folks that you want to follow, you don't have to follow those, you know, crazy TikTokers that are that are doing the Dua Lipa dances and stuff. Right. You can you can absolutely follow those people that you know, or the actors and celebrities that you grew up in enjoying, um, you know, their movies and stuff with they're they're creating content, they're on there, Corey Feldman was a, was a big fan of Corey Feldman as a kid, he's out there creating content. Um, so I think you're right. I think I think TikTok is, is a perfect uh, example of a, of a place that a business can start to have, you know, a presence and be silly and, and fun, um, you know, without pushing too much sales. Um, but at the same time, you know, have a voice and, and uh, hopefully build a following. Um, I got three more questions for you. I think three more. I know we're running short on time, but this has been so much fun, by the way. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, my next question, uh, da, 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 what emphasis do you put on going the distance beyond traditional posts and really diving in uh, with Instagram reels and Facebook stories and similar? What should business owners and brands uh, know about using these additional functions or should they even worry about them? Yeah, so I do recommend focusing on the primary feeds first. So when we're thinking about Facebook, when we're thinking about Instagram, even Twitter with the fleets now, you're thinking about your main feed content first. 
And I do recommend committing to that for at least 60 days, maybe even 90 okay. days, getting really comfortable with practicing, building that habit. Mm -hmm. And then you can explore the new features. And I do recommend exploring these at some point because the platforms want you to use them. So right now, Instagram really wants people to use Instagram Reels. And so whenever you yep, do, I did a reel and I got more engagement than I'd ever gotten. And I was like, I didn't even know what reels was. And like, hey, do you want to create a reel? I'm like, sure. And I did one of like a, a sunrise when we were in Cancun and I did the slow motion mm -hmm. sunrise thing. And I was like, whoa, people really pay attention to this. No, it wasn't. It was because Instagram wanted to show it, you know, because they don't have a lot of content creators for that new feature. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're essentially, also with the Instagram Reels, they're putting this content back into the realm of discoverability. So social media kind of shifted in the past couple of years to, you know, if you want to follow someone, you follow them, then you see their content. It's not like you log on to an app, like I think of something like a Tumblr or a StumbleUpon where you log on and you're, you're just, what am I going to see today? You're mostly oh seeing God, things from people you don't follow. News. Yeah, right. Um, and so with Reels, there's a section now in the app where you can go and just scroll through content from people you don't follow. And in fact, most of the content in that Reels feed is from people you don't follow. So that means I'm glad you brought that up because I thought something was wrong with the app when I was in there. I'm like, I don't follow any of these people. Why am I seeing their videos? And then I found yeah. myself hitting follow on them. I love this travel thing. Oh, I love that travel thing. And I'm like following all these new pages and new profiles. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's so that makes sense. I, I thought something yeah. was maybe wrong with the app. Huh. No, it's, it's designed that way. And it's really uh, to echo TikTok because TikTok's algorithm is one of the best social media algorithms I've seen in a while. They really got it customized. You know, it takes about a, a couple days, but after you start scrolling through and watching and interacting with videos, they'll deliver you the exact right content. And so Instagram is trying to compete with that, with the reels. And so it's gonna show your videos to other people. So as a business owner, where the opportunity is, it's creating content that could potentially get in front of people who have never heard of you, never seen you before. They didn't ask for this content, but now it's in front of them. Right. So what are they going to do with it? And so I think as a business owner, especially if you have been you know, flexing those muscles of building the habits of creating great content, then there's a massive opportunity to get your content in front of people who've never heard of you before. But now they're just like you said, hitting that follow button like, oh, I want to see more of this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but if you're doing it right away, they'll go back and look at some of your posts and be like, these guys aren't even really posting anything. Why would I want to follow them? So you're right. You're building up that that foundation first. So when they do start to scope you out a bit before they follow you, they realize that you do create content often and are a business or a person that they want to follow. I love that. It's a great approach. Start, build yeah, that foundation first and then extend to some of the other features. Yeah, and part of the habit too is creating content it's just like any other practice. The first time you do it, you're probably going to be bad. That's okay. <laughs> but the more you do it, the better you'll get. And so just like anything, if you're practicing baseball, if you're practicing yoga, you know, you've got to keep practicing. And so that's part of why I want business owners to practice creating this content as well, because you will get better at it. You'll become more skilled at creating content. So when you do create something like a reel and it does show up in a bunch of people's feeds, you've been doing this for a while. So the content's probably going to be better than the very first time you post on the app. Better so I think that, that practice piece, yeah, helps you develop those skills.
Awesome. That segues kind of into our next question too. And we just talked about reels and I think this might be part of that answer. Um, and this is a big one. We get a lot too. And we had this from one of our, our retail clients said, Hey, uh, a magazine that is in our industry has 50,000 Instagram followers and we've got like 800, you know, how do we get 50,000 Instagram followers? Like, like this other guy and he's sharing all the same type of content that we have. Um, so for small businesses, how do, how do I get followers on Instagram is, is reels the the right right way to um, to extend, or what's what's the um, the getting follower magic? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say there was like a magic button that you press, and then the followers rain down. Tell you but, what not to do, um, right? Don't use software <laughs> to buy or get followers yeah. for sure. That's just gonna look so obvious, right? <laughs> it does look obvious, and you'll get penalized. Like Instagram is mm -hmm. picking up on this quite quickly. Um, and you can potentially damage the credibility of your account with right. Instagram itself. Um, but, you know, getting followers is twofold. You've got to have the great content. You've got to have a, an account that people actually want to follow. So taking a step back and looking at this and going, am I just advertising or am I building a community? Right. And so you've got to be able to answer that question. If it's just a bunch of ads, why would someone want to follow that? right? Mm -hmm. They already get ads in their feed that people pay to put in their feed. So why would they want to follow you? So that's yeah. the one piece of it. But the second piece of, of social, especially for small businesses, is participating in the community. So online networking, essentially. So as a small business, let's say you even are a business that's locally based and a lot of your clients are local, then you want to show up on other pages, other accounts, liking, commenting, engaging, and following. And um, Gary V calls this the dollar eighty cent method, where you're gonna just spend if every if every post is a, a penny, let's say, you're gonna start spreading that around to everywhere really making sure that you're focusing on quality. And one of my favorite ways to do this is go to a, an account who's not a competitor, but someone who is well-known in this space and leave a thoughtful sure. comment. Because a lot of people actually read the comments, right? I don't know about mm -hmm. if you do this, but when I see a good post, right. I head straight to the comments to see what everyone else is saying. So if as a business yep. owner, if you're there contributing to the conversation, you're feeding into that natural curiosity that we have as humans, that they see you know, the Wendy's comments are a great example of this. They're basically like chirping other people on Twitter and then more people I haven't are looked. finding them. Are they still them. doing that? They were really I, heavy on that for a while. But they were. The, the original girl who did it left. Was I doing it for a while. <laughs> but okay. I don't think they've been doing it lately. But um, yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity for business owners to contribute to the community. You know, you don't have to like create a whole comedic persona if that's not you. Yep. Um, but even just showing up and, and being of service, leaving a thoughtful comment, contributing to the conversation goes a long way for business sure. owners. We, we ran a show yeah. for a little while, not, not very many episodes where we were doing something called Search and Sip. And it was basically, you know, us, us old fat guys sitting on a, a, a couch or, you know, um, in a conference room uh, talking about search. And what we would do is we would get a coffee from a different local coffee shop, not a Starbucks, but a, like a, a legit local um business like a, a mom and pop shop and so we would give them a shout out and we'd you know we'd sample different flavors of coffee and then we talk about seo and it was neat because we got some really good feedback from the you know the the coffee shops for sharing and mentioning them in our videos you know built a nice little relationship with them and um and we got to do something we enjoyed which was drinking coffee 
<laughs> so, so that was one way. The other thing that we've seen our clients do that helped SEO as well in that same area um, is do something like um, like a local event, like a blood drive, or uh, one of our clients did a CPR class, and they promoted that to other local businesses and said, hey, we'd love to have you come in and have some of your customers come in if they want to do this free CPR class you know, at our, our law office here. And those sites, uh, those businesses would share and link to the, the page on the website where the event took place. So we got some links out of it, helped move up our map position because we had more mentions of our name, address, and phone number. And it was great social media content that, um, you know, that they, the other brands would be sharing about us and that we would, you know, thank them for, for you know, for doing that. So that was a, a neat little way that helped both social and um, organic search and, and local search, you know, by, by doing something with the community. It's so easy to do compared to, you know, spending twenty thirty thousand $30,000 on billboards where you could just go next door and say, hey, neighbor, you know, let's do something, right? <laughs> So, yes, that yeah, goes such a long way. So it's it's taking that concept and like applying it to social media. And it pretty much can work for any platform. I would say Facebook's the most challenging one. Um, it's still possible though. Uh, but you know, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok, like we talked about, there are a lot of ways to show up and network on those platforms that really can um, show that you're part of a big community and you're not just there to like make money, you know, to make money. Yeah, it's always so obvious too, like you said. What are what are one or two questions that you get asked the most often, by the way, about social media? Um, one of the most popular ones I've been getting lately is how much of like myself as a business owner should I put on social media? Mm. So a lot of people, you know, they don't want to show their their breakfast that they eat this morning or, you know, show <laughs> their outfits or whatever right. the case may be. Keep your personal and business separate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough though, because that's what you see when you log on, right? Right. Um, so one of the things I recommend for that is focusing on being personable without showing your personal life. Mm. Um, so as business owners, you can talk as a human would, right? Don't You don't have to use big $10 words or anything like that. Um, you can show off things like your office space or your warehouse or your products um, and use storytelling to connect with people. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be your personal life and you can drop wherever that line is for you personally, you can draw that line. Right. Um, and I happen to be a very private person now after putting my life online for <laughs> over 10 years, I've met my husband online and everything. Yeah. The past seven ish years, six ish years, I've really pulled back a lot on that um, because I don't feel comfortable with it anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, people feel like they know me because one of my dogs, Gibson is, I mean, he's pretty cute. People like him. And I post about him a lot. So people feel like right they on. know me because I use Gibson to give advice. Uh, but I don't share my personal life. I, I honestly don't log on on the weekends or anything like that. Um, and so that's my I way of being personal. Yeah. What was that? Is that I did, I've been doing the same myself, scaling back quite a yeah. bit. So of course, I had to post my favorite pictures from New Orleans, but um, <laughs> beyond that, over the weekend, I really, I really don't. I'm trying to spend my weekends now where I can with my family or, you know, on one of my hobbies or projects, and um, something that that hopefully is going to develop into something I can get back to posterity that will look back and say, "Hey, I could have done something for the next generation, but I decided I would just uh, be on social media all weekend." You know, it's like you got the weekends. Do something that you're passionate about. Don't don't be flipping through TikTok for six hours, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you want to post, you still can. But I would say wait till Monday. Like, if you snapped a picture of your project that you worked over the weekend, 
wait till Monday and draw a, a line between, you know, how you choose to show up as a business owner or tell a story about, you know, how hard work paid off for you and then tie it into your work. I mean, there's a lot we could do there without having yeah. to be quote unquote on all the time, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, anything else that you think might be helpful for small businesses thinking about doing social media before I go into my lightning round of questions? Yes. Um, so I'm a huge fan of not having notifications turned on. Okay. I find, again, as business owners, it's different than being a content creator where you live and breathe all of the app's content. As business owners, we have to like manage our team and order products and balance the books and all the things that we do as business owners. And so I suggest um, turning off the notifications, but giving yourself dedicated time for social media. So this doesn't mean like pretending it doesn't exist, but um, so I use Asana for task management and I just have a task in Asana that's like check Facebook, check it. Instagram. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, my way, my really notifications helps. are turned off too. So I, it took me a while yeah. to figure that one out. But once I, once I turn notifications off, now I control when I want it. It's like, and it wasn't, it wasn't Social Dilemma, the movie. But when I saw the movie, I was like, yeah, that's exactly why I turned my notifications off. If you haven't seen The Social Dilemma, I think that's still worthwhile looking at. I hope it doesn't turn you off from doing social media. But, um, you know, social media is where our consumers are. So I think we have to keep it on. But I don't think you need your notifications. Yeah. And for me, it was the book um, Digital Minimalism. Mm -hmm. And great book. I think it's Cal Newport is the author. Okay. Um, it's all about, you know, social media, honestly, is designed to be addictive, number one. Like, that's how they make their money is the longer you spend on the app, the more ads they can show you. Right. It's fairly simple. Um, but as business owners, and even just as human beings, we can choose that option. And a lot of us aren't making that choice. We're letting ourselves being carried away by all of these things. So um, I even just got a new phone. First thing I did was like, I'm logged into everything. Turn off all the notifications. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so brilliant. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you. I, I definitely have uh, some lightning rounds for you and then we'll, we'll wrap okay. up. Um, question number one, what tools should users be uh, looking at uh, to help them with social media? What are your favorite tools? Yeah. So Planoly, if you're on Instagram, is okay. a good one. I love that one. You can also cross post to other platforms like Facebook and Twitter, okay. uh, but it's great for like organizing your thoughts for Instagram. It's got some great okay. analytics. It's called pl plan um, Planoly? Planoly, yes. Planoly. Planoly. Okay, it's a new one. Yes. And then if you want to get more complex into content management, mm -hmm. I am loving Airtable right now. I have a bunch of videos on my YouTube channel about how I organize this. Mm -hmm. I basically organize my whole business using Airtable. But one, part one of our of it vendors has us on it. They're using Airtable. And so we're working on projects and we're, we're seeing what they're doing through Airtable. It's great. It's so fun. So definitely check it out. Cool. And is uh, is Hootsuite and Spout Social, are they still relevant or do you feel that they're more for larger enterprises now? I think Hootsuite's great um, for their free option. I think you can have three um, profiles connected. They are moving towards more agencies and enterprise models. Um, so for small businesses, it may be a, a bit too much. Um, if you if you are an agency, I do love Sprout Social. Um, their right. analytics are great and they do everything. Yep, all that syndication work. All right, who should we be following on social, aside from you, of course? Oh, um, this is such a great question. You mentioned question. Gary Vee earlier. He, he, was, he was getting a little overkill for me, so I think I, I slowed down looking at Gary Vee content. 
Gary Vee's intense. Um, I like his message, but small doses, small doses. Um, you know, I'm loving a lot of the like content marketer, community marketing um, field. So um, Pat Flynn is a great community builder. And I've just been observing the way that he approaches his business. I think it's fascinating. He's very much people first. Okay. Um, I really love that. Um, and then I also love Amy Porterfield and the work that she does with content marketing and course creating and course building. So that's who I'm paying attention to currently. Not sure if it's relevant for the small business conversation, but that's kind of where my mind went. <laughs> no worries. That's awesome. Um, okay. Measurements. What's uh, uh, your favorite way to measure results from social media? And is there a, a platform or a tool or something that you use to measure how you're performing or you just manually log into each site and look? Yeah. And can you hear my dogs? Barely. Oh, no. Barely. Okay. <laughs> so one of my favorite tools to use for this is Fan Booster. Okay. And I put my analytics into a few different buckets. So I like to look at just overall engagement. So how are people connecting with the, with the content? But I also look, like to look at intent. So it is really hard to like draw a line in the sand from, you know, people saw my posts and then they came into my store, whatever the case may be. And so I like to look at intent, you know, did they visit the website? Did they click links? How long did the people, you know, from Instagram stay on the website? And so for me, I like to dig into Google Analytics um, and look at all of those beautiful data pieces, pieces, especially intent. So I want to see you know, how many people took action based on what I posted. And that can vary depending on the post as well. So if you post something that's promotional, then people probably may not like and comment on that. They'll probably go do the thing you asked them to do. And so also breaking it down at the post level to see, you know, how people are engaging with the content. Sure. And you mentioned a few metrics too that I think might work as KPIs. If a business is looking at ways that they measure those key performance indicators, you could say, hey, you know what, our, our average engagement rate in January was X percent. Let's work toward by next January, having that up to Y percent. Um, or, or maybe it's followers, you know, hey, we're averaging about this many followers per month. So based on that, we should set a goal to have this many followers by the end of the year. Um, organically, of course, you know, we don't want to buy followers or anything, but at least in setting some goals, that's, that's something I noticed a lot of businesses forget to do as they're starting to work on and chip away at digital marketing. They don't set specific goals, you know, when they, they first start out, where are we now? And where do we want to be? For a lot of businesses here listening, you haven't even started yet. So your baseline is easy. It's zero. But for those that have been doing it for a while, look, look at those metrics, look at Google analytics, um, you know, look at, was it fan bucket? Uh, fan booster. Fan booster. Okay. I knew there was a B in there somewhere. (laughs) Very cool. Awesome. Well, well, great. And, and you do have a program. I, I noticed you have that bootcamp going. What are, what are some ways that people could, um, really kind of get the most out of all the content that you've been putting out? What, what do you recommend or where do you recommend they start? Um, you know, with all that great work that you put into it. Yeah. So I actually have a free course that is a really good place to start. It helps small businesses and online business owners build out a strategy that works for them. Um, So it takes you step by step through creating content and managing and growing your accounts. Um, But you can find it at onlinedrea.com slash free, F-R-E-E. It's at the bottom of the website, too. If you just go to the website, it's in the footer. 
Um, and it really walks you through just being intentional with social media without being overwhelmed by it. That's awesome. And everybody loves free stuff. So you're crazy. If you're listening to this and you don't check out that free URL that we just mentioned. Um, and Joe, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And I, I was a lot of fun. I've, I've learned a lot about what local businesses and small businesses need to do. And um, I'd love to do this again with you sometime. And maybe we can drill into a specific uh, platform and share some funny stories and case studies. Uh, if you're up for it at some point, I know we have a lot going on these days, but we'd love to have you again. Yes, I'd love to come back on the show again. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And thanks, guys. We'll wrap it up for today and we'll see you on the next episode.